So we want to welcome you to the table. And tonight we have found ourselves in 2 Timothy. Um, this is kind of like, I feel like we're preparing to for battle. You know, we know COVID's coming up and lockdowns and things like that. And, and so I want to show you what the Bible talks about in the last days. It talks about the last days. And one thing that is great about this text, and you have to remember, is that Paul and Timothy, they didn't have the book of Timothy. They were living the book of Timothy. And so like the only thing they had was Old Testament scripture. And so um, it is weird to know in, in, that they stood so strong on Old Testament. You know, like mm -hmm. we, we tend to only go to New Testament stuff, but um, the Old Testament so important as well um, because that's what they were. They were, they were living off the Old Testament and living out the New. So it hadn't been wrote yet. So we're going to talk about Timothy is, is he was under Paul. So Paul taught him basically everything he knew. And he is teaching us in second Timothy, this is chapter two about being a good soldier of Christ. And so that's and he talks about the end day. So this is what he expects from you. If you call yourself a Christian, this is what he expects that your behavior to be and your boldness to be your courage, your bravery needs to kind of be like what this describes. So go, you have a summary of what we're doing or what we're going to talk about. So 2 Timothy is the last New Testament letter written by Paul. Paul writes these words while he's waiting to be um, executed um, by Rome. That is just the craziest thing. Like he's in prison. We would be in a corner sucking our thumb. You know, like mm -hmm. we've, we're not a brave generation. And I think that that's why we're standing on these or teaching these is because we're not used to standing up. We're not used to um, fighting or anything. So not that we're, but I mean, persecution's coming. So. So at this time around AD 67, Timothy was leading the church in Ephesus. Paul is writing to Timothy in order to encourage him. Um, Paul is facing the worst of all hardships, um, his own impending death. And so he encourages Timothy to stand strong in his faith with a reliance on the written word of God. And this letter echoes many of the themes Paul uses in his other letters. Yeah. So one thing about Paul is that he has accepted that, you know, he's, this is, this is his this work. Is yeah, yeah. This is his work. This is what he's been called to do. And it could even bring death persecution. It could bring, you know, I mean, he's, he lost everything he lost. He chose to lay it down. Um, and so you have to understand that when those times come, you're looking at it like, Oh my gosh, it's awful. I mean, Paul didn't do that. He was writing letters to the church, encouraging them. And so sometimes when you stand strong, you cause others to be brave. Mm -hmm. And so your stance, your braveness, it actually um, charges other Christians to it's take harsh. that stand. Yes. And so you have to understand that somebody's always watching. A, and I don't care what you do in your happy times. I mean, we're all happy in our happy times. It's what you do in your storms, who you turn to in your storms and how you react. So we're going to read um, chapter or Second Timothy chapter two. We're actually going to read all the way through um, verse 15. And then we're going to skip to verse 23. You got all that? Yeah. So let's just read chapter chapter 2 first, let's, and then we'll talk about it, 2 through 15. Okay. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. 
the hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present, your, present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So, yeah. So there's a lot to impact in that. I love it. 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 So <laughs> this is to strengthen um, you then, my child, be strengthened. So he's writing to strengthen um, the courage and the confidence because, I mean, he's chained in prison waiting death. So um, he knows his end has almost come. He wants Timothy to take what he has he learned yep. and share that with others. Share that. And he says remind. And I mm -hmm. always say remind. We have to be reminded of God's word. We have to be reminded of our worth we, because we forget. It's so easy to forget because we're focused on the world. But I love how he uses the no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since he's, his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And I always use uh, our Christian walk as when you start salvation, that is the beginning of your like military training. You are enlisted and you have to you know learn how to do all the combat combat battles and, and tactics and, and, and things like that. And, and being so, a soldier is um, a characterized by discipline. Yes, discipline. Like nobody, you just have to train for it. And so I love the fact, and, he, and you don't waste your time on civilian stuff. So we don't waste our time on things of this world. We don't argue about which rapture, you know, is it pre-trib, is it whatever. Uh, you don't get entangled in, in arguments and stuff like that. You just let it roll off your back. You don't have to be right. Um, and then it talks about being an athlete. If you don't follow the rules, you can never get the crown. And so everybody who's kind of going through life, not laying down sin, not walking in the spirit, you're not following the rules because it says, if we have died with him, we will live with him again. That's the promise of eternal life. Mm -hmm. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So if we endure to the end, the church, remember, the church endures to the end. We are not destined for God's wrath, and then we will be taken up. And when we come back, we will rule with him. Mm -hmm. You understand that? That's not the tribulation saints. That's not any. That is the church. And then it says, if we deny him, he will also deny us. So if you are denying Christ or you're not uh, picking up your, your, um, I mean, you're in a race, you know, and some of y'all are over getting a water drink. Like there's not time to get a break. It's time to get back in the race and to run this race. You have to finish the race in order to count that you were in the race. Like if you don't finish, you didn't finish the race. So that's enduring. And then if you are faithless, he remains faithful. And so we know those promises that he, that he can't even deny himself. Um, and he says, remind them of these things and charge them not to quarrel about words. Like, you know, who's smarter than, than who? Who knows more than, you know, um, because it will ruin the people around you that's hearing. If you go out acting like a crazy person, 
just arguing and debating and everything God's Word. Stop debating God's Word. Just teach the, the, the empty tomb. I was just listening to a sermon and um, the preacher was talking about how, um, you know, you can have all this knowledge about the Bible, but if your life doesn't look like right. you've applied what you've learned through the Bible, mm -hmm. then what good is it? Yeah. So our conference, we've decided that we're going to talk about our cup. And that's kind of like what, like, we all have a cup. That's what Jesus said when he, he was like, Lord, God, take this cup from me. Mm -hmm. He's talking about this life that he has to live, this thing that he has to do. So we all are a cup and we have, we work really hard with everything to make our cup on the outside look beautiful. You know, we want it to be shiny. We don't want any cracks in it. We, we are just trying our best to keep the outside of our cup. But the important thing is, is what's in your cup. Because when this is was crazy, my pastor said, God anoints your head with oil, which means he calls you to him and he teaches you his stuff. And then what happens? Your cup overflows. Well, how does your cup overflow? This was just like hit me in the face this past weekend. It's because you get all of the filth of the world out. And when you get all that out of the inside of your cup and you work on keeping all that nasty stuff out of the inside of your cup, then the water rises and then it overflows. And then you start overflowing into other people and they are able to fill their cup because they see the overflowing of the spirit of God that's coming out of your life. And so if we focus on our cup and keeping the world out of our cup, the sin out of our cup, keeping it good and clean and holy and pure water, then your cup rises. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you have in your cup and your cup overflows. And, and the I mean, more you look like Yes, Christ. yes. It's so good. So, okay. So now let's go over to 2 Timothy verse 23. And read down into, go all the way down to chapter 3, verse 9. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but he, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And this starts chapter 3. But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to uh, parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captive, captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses so that these men also opposed the truth, men of depraved mind rejected in regard to the faith, but they will not be they will not be made sorry, but they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus and Jambres' folly was also. So it gives you a, a list of things that, you know, we have to have self-control in the end days. You know, so like if you look at every, like I know that in my office on Monday, they, there was this um, text brought in that was talking about the COVID, how COVID was 
worse than the last one and it's going to kill more people than the last, you know, and you got to go get the vaccine. And so, like, I watched the body language of the people in my office become fearful. And I, I said to them, do y'all believe this? Are y'all serious? Like, you really do believe this. Like, you're this, like, after everything we went through with the last COVID and, you know, who doing and all that stuff, you're going to believe that this one's worse. And uh, and I just began to tell them, it doesn't matter if you get the vaccine, if you don't get the vaccine or whatever. God is in control of your life and you're not going to die. You're not going to get you're not going to get sick. You're not going to do anything unless the God, if, unless God allows it. And so the fear is another thing. Um, it's out of control. And so we have to have self-control with our fear, our anxiety, our depression, our not to quarrel with people over. I mean, you speak truth. And if they choose not to believe you, then they choose not to believe you. You have to walk away um, because it will end up being worse if you're if you keep opposing them and keep whatever it says stay away from them um but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty did this just not describe the world we live in uh, yes i mean it was you know reckless malicious lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god i mean this is this is where we are right here this is second timothy chapter three um this is our world right now and so we have to make sure that we keep in our mind that we have a very specific job. You were created for this time. You were created for the end days. You have to keep, I mean, I know that sounds crazy that because, and, and you know, of course people will say, oh, well, we're, we're always, everybody thought they were in the end days. No, this is different. This is, this is a little different. And um, so um, I do see on TikTok more and more people talking about that Jewish festival. So, I mean, I had somebody ask me, well, what if, what if that weekend comes and, it, and we don't? I'm like, well, we got next year. You know, you should be ready every single night. Don't put it off to a certain date or a certain festival or whatever, because he may, that may be when he opens the seal. We just don't know it. And, you know, I don't know what's going on up there because there's, there's a conversation because they're, they'll say who is worthy to open, like there's a deed and it's wrapped up and it's like a scroll, like a scroll. It's, it's like together, like a little you know, graduation scroll that you see. It's got a little bow on it, except this has got a wax seal and it's been sealed seven times. That was the Jewish law that you had to, any kind of deed, you had to seal seven times so no one would break into it. So that's why there's the seals. And so on that, and so there's no one in heaven that they know of except for Jesus. No one's worthy to open the seal. So they're waiting on the deed to the earth for Jesus to come back. But God's mad. He's ticked off mm -hmm. uh he has wrath and he's gonna pour that out and that's what's gonna uh, make way for the new heaven and the new earth so um it is a big deal to speak truth to your family members and your friends and how to stand strong in the last days encouraging one another becoming a team um and i will tell you that this past week i mean i prepped i used to prep all the time and i, I was the biggest prepper and i even have goats and and i went to lunch with a girl from TikTok. And um, we were talking about prepping. And when I got home, the prepping Lord... for the end, end. Just water. Yeah. Everything, you know, like, like, and the Lord's like, so you don't think I can take care of you? And that was just, I kind of felt convicted over it after I heard our uh, podcast on tr uh, trusting in the Lord, because I felt like a big, huge hypocrite telling everybody to trust in the Lord. You got to trust in the Lord. And so when I was listening to everything that was being said by us, I was convicted of 
I don't trust in the Lord because I'm over here trying to prep. But yet, you know, there's probably were preppers in Maui who lost everything. I mean, so there's like, no, there's so much devastation of natural disasters that could destroy your prepping. Like the only prepping you can do is the word of God. Like that is the only 100% sure way to have everything that you need. I mean, it's a good idea to go ahead and get toilet paper. Just saying. <laughs> hey, he dropped manna from heaven. I mean, I totally am just like, I have a bidet. You need a bidet. I love no. a bidet. Yes. We made fun of my mom and my dad. They had a bidet and I was like, I, that is not. And now I wouldn't, there ain't no way I'd go without it. Mm -mm. Nope. I don't have to worry about toilet paper. So we use toilet paper, but I'm just saying if there's no toilet paper, then <laughs> you just sit there a little longer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> get some topics, but anyway, toilet paper. Okay. So, there has to be some comedy with this. Yeah, like, absolutely. God is humorous. I mean, we are not serious. No. So, if we ever did a bloopers reel, it would be real. <laughs> we probably wouldn't be allowed on air any longer. So, um, oh well. But so we have to know that in the end days, there's going to be a time that you've got to you've got to stand up. Everybody might sit down, but this says to stand up and to stay strong and to be reminded and to be strengthened and encouraged and because disciplined. Yes, yeah. disciplined. Yes, absolutely. Um, I just, I just have really loved Second Timothy. I've not really studied a whole lot in Second Timothy, but um, we were talking in Sunday school. Um, this is how crazy it's getting in Chicago. They asked. I mean, you can't make it up. They asked the gang members of Chicago not to shoot people from the time of nine a.m. to nine p.m. That way, innocent bystanders were less likely to be caught in the middle. What about the people who work and don't get off until 4 or 5 o'clock? I mean, it's just the fact, like, <laughs> don't shoot people from 9 to 9, okay? That's the new rule. That's like the purge. Yeah. Like, gang members, don't shoot people in fr until from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And so they'll listen to those rules, but not the rules right, that we've absolutely. had. Right, It's the craziest thing. Our world is crazy, crazy. So, you know... um, I love, it's just like every week I think we've heard everything, we've heard the, the craziest thing. And now we're talking about aliens and, and all this stuff. And you know, something else I was thinking is that in the Bible, it says that anyone who calls Jesus, calls on the name of Jesus and says he's, he's the Jesus in the flesh. So we have to really make sure that we understand that. And so when I was studying that today, I thought, well, you have to explain. Is there a Jesus? Well, he came in the flesh. He came, he's he had flesh and blood, mm -hmm. and so people who don't believe in Jesus don't believe he came in the flesh. They thought he was a spirit because he's God. Okay. So, but Jesus, but God sent him in the flesh, and so in the Bible it talks about First John four two that he comes in the flesh. So does that mean that the other Jesus? Because you know the Jews are waiting on the Messiah still to come. So does that mean that Messiah is not going to come in the flesh? Will it be like AI? I mean, that why would it why would it say that? Why is it so important that we know, and whoever claims to be um, Christ or calls upon the name has to call and say he is Jesus of the flesh? That would just I just didn't. I mean, you know, like you never you read that sometimes and you don't even think about it. But now that we've got AI and robots, why was it so? Why did he say make sure they are calling on the name that's Jesus in the flesh? Just weird, weird to me, because they don't think that he was flesh. So, 
they don't believe in the virgin birth pretty much is what it is and they don't believe in the bible yep then they don't believe so um what else you got over there where are we at chapter still in chapter yeah. three mm -hmm. um forms of godliness and so all these traits center around selfishness and pride um verse five is pretty particularly intriguing they will have the appearance of godliness but not have the power um where does the power of godliness come from and so that comes from jesus that's right you know the power there's so much power and i'm going to read this in just a minute there's i've been writing down kind of like my testimony preparing for the women's conference and i was sharing with them earlier that my my last testimony that i wrote out was like so hard to read because it was all my dark moments and all my you know, wallering in the floor, in the grass and rolling around begging God to help me and just all this stuff. And so now that I wrote my testimony, my new, newer one, it's like less about my darkness and more of what the Lord has done in my life. And so like that is, it's almost a progression that you watch and you're like, man, I've came a long way, you know, from where I was. And um, so Monday night, Lauren, my daughter is singing for the conference and that's a whole, whole different, different ball game and a, and a promise from the Lord. But um, she was singing the song yet and I was lit I didn't like that song at first I didn't like the radio version I love it I know she I requested for yes so that it's done because of her so she re requested Lauren Lauren to sing that song so I was listening to it as Lauren was singing it and the very first w words are God don't give up on me yet I know I'm not your best bet and I it just took me back to the place when I was beg when my broken self was was begging God to not give up on me yet that I wasn't his best bet I was I was reminding God of that I I was a failure and not good enough and just all this stuff it just kind of brought back that we all have this journey that we're going on and he picks up every piece of us that is broken that somebody's broke that you know the rejection the hurts the habits the hangups the sin the porn, the lust, the desires, everything that we have in our body. And if we give it to him, he takes care of it. And we don't trust him. We don't trust him to clean us up. Like it's hard. That's your battle. That's the battle of life is laying down your sin. That's when you're in full-blown war. And if you don't believe me, then don't drink coffee tomorrow. Tell your body that you can't have coffee. And your flesh will throw like a temper tantrum, like a two-year-old, uh, till it can have chocolate tell it can't watch porn, tell it it can't, you know, do something. You have to tell your flesh, no. And your flesh is strong. It's hard to diet because your flesh is strong. It's hard to stop watching porn because your flesh is strong. It's hard to walk in obedience because everything in your flesh has its own desire. And that is, that's totally against God's word. And so like the Holy Spirit that lives in you, that it, it restrains you from, doing those things and so if you don't have the holy spirit you don't have a restrainer that is keeping you from doing what your flesh desires and those well and the power from uh, christ manifests when you are being obedient that's right that's right and you're walking but in it the is spirit. but i think a lot of people are like oh i've been like about a week trying to quit smoking don't it, it's going to take a lot of time because james says that we're like we're like waves that go back and forth because you've got your flesh you're trying to lay the sin down mm -hmm. and you go lay it down and then your flesh is powerful and it wants it. And when our flesh wants something, it wants something and it is powerful. And so then you go pick it back up and then you go lay it back down and then you go pick it back up. And you're, you're like a wave tossed back and forth because it's like, you know, somebody's pulling you. You've seen that illustration. 
Um, and then you get exhausted and tired. And that is your war. That's what you're in. So whatever you're laying down, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's cutting, whether it's food, you know, whatever it is, you're in a war. And so you have to realize that. And there's not just one big war. There's a million wars. Like when you, when you win that one, because if Christ calls you to lay it down, the Holy Spirit, we win. We already win. Mm -hmm. So we know we win. And so we fight from a place of victory. And you know you're going to conquer it, but it's a, it's hard. I'm telling you, it's the battle. So fighting your sin is the hardest thing to do and to lay it down. But when you conquer it, you're like, oh, I won that battle. I did that. You don't really understand when Christ gives you his strength, you're strong enough to withstand where in the flesh you can't. I mean, the flesh wins a lot mm -hmm. because we don't surrender our, our, our sins and our hangups to the Holy Spirit to restrain and keep us from, from doing it. And so it, it is, it's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of sin. And it's not enough to appear godly. Mm -hmm. That the outside the cup, mm -hmm. you know, Jesus isn't even, when you stand in front of Jesus, he's not even going to talk about your position down here on earth. Like he don't care that you were a member of the country club or that you were the vice president of the bank. He does not care. That won't even come up. Yeah. He will say either I know you or I don't know you. And so, like, your whole goal should be to know Jesus. That's it. That's the, all you need. You, who cares who won this or got this trophy or whatever? It is about knowing Christ, and that's it. Your, your accomplishments down here will stay down here. He says that, you know, if it's done in the wrong motive, that's your treasure. So, like, a lot of us are building treasure down here, and that's all we're going to get when we get up there. I think that's just so sad that one of the biggest things we'll realize is, what you thought mattered here on earth absolutely did nothing for you in the kingdom. And I think that will be so devastating because you work so hard down here to build this big life and empire. And I think a lot of times we feel sorry for ourselves. Um, we think, well, we've worked so hard. We deserve this. We deserve this drink or we deserve this. And we deserve hell, you know. And so that's why it's so important. Christ came to take our place. And so, like, you have to change your whole thinking because the world's pushing you to bigger and better things. And that's not what Christ is pushing you to. He is, he's, he's like trying to detangle every cord that the world has wrapped around your arms and your legs. It's a stronghold. And most of us don't see sin. And so it's really, really tough to stand. But I'm telling you, once you win battles and you see the power that comes from God um, because whatever he pursues, it's, it's has its perfect way. I mean, it is, it's going to work out. But when you start to see the power that's in the name of Jesus, and that's why we can't say the name of Jesus. That's why in revelation, uh, you know, John is on a Island because he was saying the name of Jesus and there's power in the name of Jesus. And so that's why our government, our schools, our communities, um, don't like us to say the name of Jesus because there's power in just his name. And that that's it. That's life. And we've been, we've been, we've been conformed to the world, sadly. And it is hard to untangle and, and, and you know, get it off of you. It's like an octopus that keeps wanting to grab onto you. It is a stronghold and it's, you got to get away from it, lay it down. But it is a battle. It's a war. Um, I think it's important to mention uh, chapter 3, verse 6. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women yeah. 
weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so um, this means weak in virtue and the knowledge of the truth and weighed down with an emotional and spiritual uh, quilt over their sins. These women were easy prey for the deceitful false teachers. And so that's what we're called to. That's what our purpose is in, in our ministry in this podcast is to um, help equip women with right. um, the knowledge of the word so we can be strong and stand and not be weak. Mm-hmm. We can recognize sin. We can recognize Satan. I mean, because there's always... Like when you like for, with this conference, I don't like to feel weak. I don't. I don't either. I love to. I love the power of the truth. There's nothing, anything that can captivate me or motivate me more than the power of God's word. And like right here, this I was. I was just kind of writing something about this. But you know, um, when you understand that we've won the war and we're we've won it, so we fight from a place of victory. That changes your battle stance. And you become more confident and you become more bolder and you're able to stand longer and taller and, you know, and all of that. And there's freedom after the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the battles are already won. And so you also are able to see that there's no weapon on this earth that you can use in, in the spirit part of your life. So, like, it don't ma- there's not anything on this earth. And so you find your verses in the Bible that you call out over top of you when Satan is prowling because it says he prowls around like a lion. He's looking for somebody to devour. He's looking for that weak woman that he can come in and and devour her because she's not living like she should. And he wants to, um, she's easily to see. Yeah. Yep. He wants to steal, um, you know, steal everything from you, steal your ministry. He wants to steal your joy. Um, he wants to kill, um, everything, your, um, just anything that he can get his hands on. And, but the best thing that he loves, the most thing that he loves, and we don't even recognize it, is his his most prized kill is when you kill your own self. I mean, that is a freaking touchdown in his book. You kill yourself. He's killed everything. He's destroyed you. He did exactly what he came to do, kill, steal, and destroy. And then he comes after your marriage to destroy your marriage. And then he wants to destroy your home. And then that destroys the church. And so it is, he's a liar and he's after you and he will be after you until you take your last breath. And so if you're over here fighting with anything other than God's word, you're, you're like ducking. I mean, there's no, you're in a, you're in a battle and you are so helpless and hopeless. And I feel sorry for you. So get you some, some verses and call out the name of Jesus because there's power in his name. And that's what makes the demons flee when they come prowling around trying to mess with your home or mess with your kids or, you know, everything. So um, something that I've started noticing about myself is um, when I'm going through something and I'm praying, all of a sudden the Bible verses start coming to my mind. It's alive. Well, they come into mind and I'm like, where did that come from? And then like just to sit here and talk or be on the podcast, those Bible verses aren't like popping into my mind Mm -hmm. all of a sudden. But it's in battle. prayer. Yeah. Battle. When you're when you're in battle. I'm and like, you I battle. No, I knew that. Listen, that <laughs> is what it talks about when it's like because I mean, like, you, you sit there for a minute and you're like, this, this stuff's true. Like, I mean, this is like really, really stuff that's true. Like he really does show up. He really doesn't leave. He really does fight your battles. He really does protect you from the enemy. 
He really does. He, this is the realest stuff, you, the realest dealish you'll ever see. I mean, this is the real stuff. It's active. It's alive. And that's what it means. Like when you read something or you're doing a Bible verse because you're in a war and something comes up, you're like, who gave me that? Mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit that's like, here, like throwing you the, throwing you the sword. Like here, remember this verse. Remember that because it's been held in your heart. And so you can fight that battle and come out conquer and you'll conquer it because it says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So you just got to resist him long enough for him to flee and not give in because he's not going to continue. He flees. So everybody who thinks that they're captive and held in their sin, that's a lie from the enemy because it says he flees from you. Um, but yeah, your flesh is probably going to be your, your biggest battle because there's no one stronger than your flesh, not your husband, not your kids. I mean, everybody's like, do it for your kids. It's not enough. Your flesh is stronger. Whatever you want is stronger than the love for your kids. And I mean, now that's, I'm t that's why you see so many women not taking care of their children, going and living on in their life because they're living in the desires of their flesh instead of how God has called them to do, like raising their family. Um, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can, that is stronger than your, your flesh. And, um, you know, if you don't, I, I'm just saying, test your flesh. We're supposed to like limit our flesh. We're supposed to, you know, eat certain foods, but we don't have any control. We eat whatever we want, when we want, what we want, everything. We're out of control with our TV, with our movies, with, we just have so much in America, so much that we just consume everything except the right things. So, um, you know, Satan is always watching you and he is setting these little booby traps you know, trying to trip you up because remember you're in the race and you've got a destination that you got to go to. You got that finish line and he wants you to get caught up and entangled and go off Distracted. on this road, you know, switches the signs or whatever. And, the, and then you find, you find yourself and you're like, where am I at? And how did I get here? And you're in the middle of sin because you weren't in the word and you weren't um, standing strong. And so to stand strong in the end days is to know God's word. And if Timothy and Paul can do it with no scripture from the New Testament, I mean, they were, they were living it out and hadn't wrote it yet. And they did it just off their faith in what was wrote in the Old Testament. We are called to do the same thing. It's not any different for us. Um, but I do think that it's pretty awesome. I mean, even though it looks horrible out in the world, that we're pretty privileged and blessed to be watching all this unfold. I mean, like, seriously, seriously. And I know that, but my certainty of the truth of God's word is probably my strongest character trait because mm -hmm. it's a matter of fact, and that kind of truth is needed to stand. Because if you're like weighing in, like, is that really the truth? Then you can't stand on it unless you know for a fact it's the truth. So if you're having trouble standing and being, you know, a spokesperson for Jesus, being that light, you need to check what you believe because what you believe is what you stand on. I mean, it is it is literally the word of God. So, anything else? Um, chapter four um, provides conclusions and applications for Paul's prior teaching. Uh, Paul has encouraged Timothy with a reminder of his spiritual heritage. He's urged courage and endurance. Uh, Paul has also specifically laid out the sins of false teachers and made a contrast between them and his own ministry. Um, so um, knowing all these things, Timothy is now in the final letter from Paul. 
being told in no uncertain terms what his mission is. He is to defend the faith despite false teachers because Paul will no longer be able to do so himself. Yeah. You know, he. I think I love how he, Paul is the one who gave us the, the armor. You know, like he was in jail and he was looking at a Roman soldier and he was writing what he was seeing or whatever. And he was putting it together with what everything was. I mean, he was a warrior. Like he, like everybody thinks, like if Paul lived today, he would be the biggest conspiracy theorist. He would be thrown in jail more than anybody else because they couldn't shut him up. He wouldn't go home. He wouldn't go away. He wouldn't, they had to cut his head off. He would just go to the next town. Yes. <laughs> he would not quit talking. And so like, that's who we have to strive to be is the, the and, and it's always done in love and standing on, it's never boastful or, I mean, because Paul understood that there was nothing good in him. Like Jesus came to pay a debt that he didn't know because we couldn't pay the debt that we owed. And so like he knows it was, there was nothing in him that is, he was in Jesus's righteousness. Je Jesus made it where none of us could make it to heaven, not the rich, not the poor, not the smart, not the dumb, whatever. He made it to where it was, the standards were so high that no one could get in heaven and that it was only through him. Mm -hmm. And um, and that is what you stand on. It's only through what Jesus did. We're considered righteous because Jesus is righteous. And so we're clinging on, holding on to Jesus because of what he did. And so when you realize that, there's nothing to boast about. Like you're excited. I get excited when the when he speaks to me just about the prepping thing because I've been in a drought. And I have, I've talked about that for several weeks. Like, I feel like I don't hear God. And I kept saying, Lord, I want to hear you. And I'm always scared because when I hear him, sometimes it scares me. It's so powerful and so much at one time. He gives me a lot at one time. It's like he's He's working or I'm, I'm searching or maybe I've quit seeking and he's waiting on me to seek him again. So when I start to seek him again, then he starts like answering all the prayers that I've been like throwing at. Like, God, where are you at? Where are you at, God? And then he starts like answering all your prayers. And you're like... I am talking, I'm really talking to God. Like he's really doing this in my life and it's for everybody. There's Isn't it crazy joy. that he wants a relationship with us so Let much so out. that he would give his only son. Yep. And that's the thing about it. That's why, that's why people don't understand. You know, we couldn't pay the debt. We were going to hell. We were on our way to hell and God is, and he should send us to hell. We deserve hell. But he was like, nope, I love them. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to send my son down there to stand in their place. And it, it, we look at that like that's bad, but that was the only way. And he knew that. He knew he had to come down and be in the flesh and take our place, pay our bill one time. It, and God was satisfied with that sacrifice that we don't have to keep killing animals or children or whatever Satan makes um, his crew do. Um, so you have to understand that you were bought with a price and it was the blood of Jesus. It was his life. And so, therefore, you need to act accordingly. You need to get self-control of your life. You need to uh, quit throwing temper tantrums when, you know, it's time to lay sin down. And, you know, you'll battle back and forth. God shows up in your sin. I remember a couple times I was playing around with my, still playing around with my sin. You know, I knew Lord wanted me to, but it was just so, my flesh wanted it so bad. And um, it was just when I was de detoxing and stuff. Maybe one of the, I think it was the, one of the first times that I had tried to. And I wanted to lay it down. But my flesh was so addicted mm -hmm. to it. And I would lay it down and then I'd pick it back up. And then I'd lay it down. I'm not going to do it, Lord. I promise you, this time I am for real. And then I'd pick it back up because something happened. And you get tired of going out and like sometimes my head would just be, hold, be held down with shame because I failed him again. I loved him so much that I didn't want to do that anymore. 
but my flesh was so strong. And so you can't do anything. You can't lay anything down. You can't fix any relationship. You can't fix your finances. You can't, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so you have to be united with Christ. And so there should not be anybody that dies that doesn't say, I am 100% going to heaven because you are one with Christ. Like you are so, you're so one that, I mean, he's answering your prayers because your prayers are what his will is for your life. So there's no like, oh, I wish I had a new car or I wish I had this or whatever. You're like, Lord, just, just, uh, you know, give me peace today. It, it just, it changes your prayers. And so you have all this peace and joy and hope and love and your world's on fire mm -hmm. and everybody's freaking out and prepping and running to get this and running to get that. And you're just kind of sitting there watching like what is going on. And that's the peace you need in these end days, peace to stand on the truth. And so I encourage you to look at your cup and see what all kind of yucky stuff is down in there. Some of y'all have not even picked your cup up for a while. And it, there's probably just a little bit less of what was in there. when you, Because, you know, when you're a first Christian, you become on fire for the Lord. And you're excited. And you, your cup is full. And then you put it on the shelf. And it sits there for years. I mean, if you're in the same place you were 10 years ago, why is that? The Lord is always moving you forward closer to Him. And... So I encourage you to look at all the junk in your in your cup and get that out. Get the get the porn out. Get the drugs out. Get the alcohol out. Um, lay it down and don't pick it back up. And the Lord will move in your life when you start walking in obedience. But He won't if you just sit there. So we just want to encourage you to get out of the boat because a lot of, I sat in the boat for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was on I was the one on the shore. Everybody else was out doing what they're supposed to. Do. And I was just sitting in the boat on the shore, which is watching everybody do it. And uh, so I'm out of the boat and it is, it is the best place to be. And she so. pushed me out. Of the boat. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Drug you out of the boat, you know, but hey, listen, look at, I just, but you have to have somebody like that. And Lisa doesn't get mad at me. Like she, I was fussing at her last night on faith on the, I, and it, it wasn't even the right thing I was fussing about, but I was fussing to her about. Things that I should be fussing to her about, but it was wrong, and she don't even get mad. She's just like, whatever. And I'm going, I'm so sorry. I'm so, you know, and she don't care. She's just like, whatever. And so that's what you've got to do. You've got to be able to understand that sometimes. I know you come at me with love, so it makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. Well, I've I've walked every every step that you've. Well, I've walked a lot further because I was hard headed. I was more hard. I was hard headed. Or so. Um, but yeah. So listen, we're having our conference, our women's conference in. Um, September, it's September 15th and 16th in Winchester, Kentucky. Did you change the times? Uh, the, I think they're coming out new. So it's actually going to be from 10.30. It's, okay, so on Saturday, it's from 6 to 8. No, nope, that's Friday. Friday, yeah. Friday is 6 to 8. Let me get my paper out here. Friday the 15th is 6 to 8. Yes. And, and then, then Saturday, you changed to 10.30 to 4. Because the brunch wasn't long enough. There wasn't enough time to like mingle and meet everybody and and so I have some people that follow me on TikTok that um, are coming, and I'm excited about meeting them. But if you if you follow our podcast, Friday night is is the table, and so we're gonna have Brittany and we're gonna have Carly. They're we, they've been with us before, and so is Nancy Brooks. And we're gonna be so far. There's a little over 200 women that have signed up, so we have 194 more spots, I believe. So you have a couple weeks that you can call the church or message me or comment below and say, Hey, I want to come. I had a lady ask me. Uh, what what 
park to um, come. Ca they're going to camp. Her and a bunch of friends are going to come, oh, and they're going to pull their camper down here and stay at Fort Boonesboro, which is beautiful in the fall. It's just amazing, and I'm just sitting here watching the Lord just kind of be God, and He's He's so powerful to get His will done, and everything's kind of worked out well, and 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 we and our sound girls are like they're rocking it, mm -hmm. it because we're having to practice with the worship team and. It's just so good. Everything's so good. So um, I pray that maybe you make your way down. If you don't live too far, we pray we see you. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of, it's everything's free. There's childcare. We'll feed you. Um, and it's just to come together and worship the Lord and to become a strong woman of faith. So you can stand and not be like these women in Timothy mm -hmm. and, you know, be easily taken over. And, uh, but the Lord has you. He says he feeds the birds of the air. And he, and he cares about them. And he says, don't I care more about you than than the birds? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to feed them and clothe them. And so that's really what the Lord talked to me about prepping. Like you're you're putting your to your total focus on getting ready for whatever. And, you're, you know, and he's like, calm down. I don't bring fear. I don't bring chaos. Um, come, his 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 yoke is easy and light. And I'm just not going to prep anymore. Now, I'm not going to get rid of all my goats, but. <laughs> I'll get rid of some of them. So, but I, I mean, even that, even that, like I'm, I have dairy goats and I'm thinking at least I'll have milk, you know, somebody else have eggs. So, and like that uh, left behind series is, you know, it's a co-op that goes on, but we're not going to be left behind. So yeah. hopefully we'll be out soon. So we will see you next week when um, we'll probably talk a little bit more about standing, um, standing strong, um, being women of faith. And it's like stepping out of the boat and, soul winning, like encouraging others, nudging others to get out of the boat. If you have to drag them out of the boat, you have to drag them out of the boat. So, um, yeah, so I, I have to say one more thing. So I have this friend and I don't think she watches my podcast, but anyway, um, I wanted her to speak at the conference and she said she didn't think that she, you know, could right now. And so I was like, okay, cause she does. She has a lot going on and she's got her sons and stuff in college and stuff. And she just didn't feel like this was the time for her. And um, so I was like, how am I going to get her to the conference? Like, I, I, you know, you never know. Somebody might be sick mm -hmm. or something like that. And she has to hop up there. But she's going to be there because she's going to take care of all decorations and stuff like that. And so, like, the Lord works things out. Like, she's still going to be there to help pray with it because she's powerful. I mean, mm -hmm. her, her testimony is powerful. I'd love to have her on here. But she just won't, she won't speak right now. She's just... Um, She's been down she's since COVID. Her husband was real sick. So I, I know, it, and that's one good thing. God, he, he, when he starts a work, he finishes it. So quit worrying about your wayward kids who have kind of like strolled off the, the path. You know, if he, if he starts a good work, you know, that's his promise that he's going to finish it. So, you know, just give it to the Lord. You don't know how it's going to happen, but he's going to bring them back like the prodigal son. So anyway, we will see you next week. Bye.